Yo, Taylor. Yo, Taylor. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Jake Gyllenhaal. Please welcome Tom Hiddleston. Ladies and gentlemen, Taylor Lautner. And uh, welcome back to My Beautiful Darlist of Fantasy with Dan and Alex. Hello. Episode two, and it's a big one. It's the big one. <laughs> I hope not. It's the <laughs> big one. We've got others. And by that, I mean it's probably going to end up number one on our list for a long time. It's Taylor Swift. <laughs> with, At least till next week. With Red. <laughs> Double sigh to kick things off. I hope you're sighing at home, listeners. I mean, all you long-term listeners who have been around for two episodes so far. We encourage one. you. One episode. One one a bit. If you're back. If thanks. You, I mean, if you watch the introduction. Oh, it counts. Good on you. You're a true fan. Yeah, so Taylor Swift, Red, 99 best album of all time, according to Rolling Stone magazine. Um, loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Oh, um, no. I've been looking forward to this album. I absolutely love um, it from the bottom of my soul. I just feel it speaks to a lot of what I yep. um, felt growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And even now, some of the songs like Stay, 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 they, they stay, stay, stay with, <laughs> with me. With you, yes. Um, for sure. Well, I mean, I always, I log into the Red Reddit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> regularly, regularly, yeah. Daily. Yeah, uh, how much to, gold you got. Just to catch in with the Swifties. Yeah. Um, and see what they're thinking about her latest releases. And nothing stands up to Red. No. <laughs> right, let's get into this. Okay. So a bit I just, yeah, just a disclaimer on that one. Uh, both of us, I don't think, are too big, you know, too too big a Taylor Swift Taylor fans. Swift. We're, not, mean, we're not the biggest fans of, no. of her. No, I mean... Um, and this album did not backdrop my childhood. My God, it would have been bland. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. I think, do you want to hit us with some background so on this sure album? Sure, bit of background on this. I mean... Everyone who's anyone has heard at least one hit off this album because it's unavoidable. So oh, that's how I said it. <laughs> the way I said that. Um, yeah, I mean, this is her fourth album. Uh, I think she famously, she wrote a couple of the songs in Nashville and then went to LA, mm. which is sort of like a coming of age moment where she left the country scene that she'd become so comfortable in, uh, playing to the Southern uh, audience and smashing it over there. I mean, before this, um, she had, she was the youngest ever um, artists, male or female, to win Album of the Year at the Grammys, which is pretty mental. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, this this album, she was like 22 or 23 when she made 20, this. 20, yeah, 22. She's like our yeah, age, yeah. Same, yeah. And b- previous to this, she'd had Love Story. She's had, she had You Belong to Me. You Belong to Me. Uh, 1.1 1. 1 billion streams on, absolute, on just YouTube. Yeah, I think that was, I think that for it was a period of time that was I the most viewed YouTube music video and baby came along and then baby came along and blew <laughs> out of the water but i mean it, she is huge she's absolutely massive um Fair when we in the lead up to this podcast we were talking about like had we ever really listened to any taylor and it's like she is one of the most like passively listened to yep. artists in the world you genuinely can't get away from her like on the radio in a shopping center yep in uh in a bloody Sainsbury's B roll background music to any reality TV show literally ever. yeah clubs yeah. I mean yeah any breakup anywhere any breakup in any car film. in the morning Terry Wogan probably Terry Wogan her. absolutely loved her <laughs> he was playing it on repeat my dad some of her deeper cuts as he well played Love Story for me uh quite a few times and yeah. he's con- he's contributed a lot to the streams on that song I mean he doesn't know who she is mm. just two names Taylor Swift 
I tell you, do I tell you, does know who she is? It's the band who we reviewed last week, and they had a they had a great stop. He's already dead. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm trying to draw out this podcast because there's so little to say on this album, but we'll get into it. (laughs) There's a lot to say. Let's be honest. (laughs) Right. So, um, should we see what see what Rolling Stone about to say? I've just uh, just got this. Yeah. Um, the messy sonic contradictions anchored the emotionally chaotic story Swift was trying to tell. She quotes, it was a sort of metaphor for how messy a real breakup is. And this is my only true breakup album, says Swift. I love Jackson Pollock. And I see this album as my splatter paint album, using all the colors and throwing it all on the wall and seeing what sticks. Well, I mean, to be fair, a lot stuck. stuck. I'll tell you what's stuck. It's uh, pretty much everything. And it makes me shiver, uh, knowing that I will take that hour and a half it took me to listen to the dulux version of this album to the grave <laughs> um oh dear right so first impressions right um as, as i said well i'm not a big taylor swift fan um I, I i saw this at 99 and i was kind of looking forward to this episode because i, ju- I just think I, like, did you say it's one of the reasons we said it's sort of the inspiration behind it because seeing that it yeah, I think double, seeing double this take one, the list already, seeing this already one so think, early on was like this. This list definitely has some something wrong with it. Error, like error four hundred four. Yeah, there, there's a serious error four hundred four on this. Yeah. List. Um, my first impressions of it were like, you know, I'll give it a listen. I yeah. see what I think of it, but I'm not going into it being like, I can't wait to listen to this. You know, it, I'm, I'm expecting the worst. Come on, Murray. Uh, it's a ditto from me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and, but what I must say is, we were we were gonna. Oh well, I was going to mention this. Um, there's so many hits off not only a first, not only this album, um, but also later albums. Mm. Um, I did a deep dive and discovered this man who I hadn't heard of until two hours ago. Yeah, Max uh, Martin. Max Martin. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. I mean, you, you were clearly aware of him. Uh, I I wasn't. Yeah, he's uh, he he's a god. The goat. He's he's. I reckon he's probably one of the richest people yeah. who, who's in the music. Just industry. so you don't know, he's a producer. Yeah, he's he's he's. I think he's more than a producer. He's, he's a producer. He's a songwriter. He does absolutely everything for every big artist you can imagine. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's put out like how many? How many well, I've got some. Yeah, fact, got some stats. Toys, some stats. Statman Dave. Um, yeah. So he's won ASCAP Songwriter uh, of the Year a record eleven times, and it, I mean his hits date back to the mid nineties. He's co-written 23 billboard number ones over the, over decades, Jeez. Uh, which puts him second of all time just behind George Martin, who basically co-wrote and produced all the Beatles albums. Um, he's got hit me baby one more time. Uh, I want it that way. Backstreet boys. I kissed a girl raw dark horse, all number ones from Katy Perry, uh, blinded by the lights in 2019. I mean, he's yeah. still smashing it. Can't feel my face. Shake it off, blank space. All the hits, all from the big ones, um, and a load on this album. And I mean, also you half can, of Ariana you Grande's can, discog. You can hear them on this album. Yeah. Like you, if you sat, if you any listeners who want to waste an hour and a half and sit through this album, you can just sit down and you can pick out the Max Martin songs so easy because they're, they're just the ones that are going to yeah. get plays. Um, some of them are actually like, I just, like I can't. I'm not really a big fan of of this kind of music. But you can appreciate you can appreciate like box. how good the songwriting, the songwriting, the, the catchiness hooks. of it, the yeah. hooks. They're so good. He's yeah. so good at doing that. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any other last things before we get into the album? Um, I got this. It's sold first week sales, one point two million copies. Um, Jesus, that is mental. And I've got a few. Yeah, I've got a few quotes. Oh, uh, yeah, that I that I found on Reddit, <laughs> on Taylor Swift's Reddit. Now, when this album came out, it was met with a bit of hostility in the Taylor Swift community no. because obviously it was that, as you said, it's like that transition period uh, where she was, you know, she moved to LA. She started making more mainstream music, more like, you know, bangers. Yeah. And a lot of the diehard fans weren't very happy Swifties. about this. Yeah, the Southern Swifties. Swifties in particular, yeah. I imagine. So um, I read through about 150 Tumblr posts which are like pictures of Taylor with quotes by them from former fans being like, um, this uh, red broke my heart more than, more than, uh, you know, my ex-boyfriend and stuff like this. Like, oh, just horrible. Um, and then um, it's aged well. It's yeah, aged well. Because well. I searched red on Reddit and these were some of the quotes that came up from uh, one of the, some of the users. One user just went with greatness epitomized on it that is bold um another came with red invented autumn as in the season um yeah uh and you can go from soft country ballad to aggressive dubstep drop and while the album is still amazing i sometimes feel like i'm on five types of drugs whilst listening to it i don't know what drugs they're taking prescription painkillers to end yeah. their life imaginally uh, <laughs> probably. uh yeah. yeah because there is there is Sorry, I, I I I think this is famously a drug record. It's up there with some of the greatest drug records of all time. Also, um, I don't know if you noticed, but if you're maybe you're sat with your buddies at home, uh, just just having a couple of beers, play a drinking game, count the size, because um, we will be sighing <laughs> and we already have been sighing a lot. This, if you take the po- if you take the size out of this podcast, it would be half the length, I reckon. Like, <laughs> re- yeah, it's yeah. Oh. Right. So okay. before we dive in. Um, I had a fun idea. Um, I'm calling it Builder Boy. So this yeah. is a famous, famously a heartbreak album. It's a lot about relationships and how to get over them or the emotions she was feeling going through them. Uh, and a lot of the lyrics are dedicated to descri- describing her boyfriends, like all the things that they did to her <laughs> to make her feel happy. And they are so menial. I mean, one of them was like, you carried the groceries. Um, you... You opened the door for me, you know, like, <laughs> so I'm thinking as we go through, we try and build yeah, this we boy. Bu- we build the perfect because boy. Because we're both single. Yeah. Taylor's yeah. a catch, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean. I mean, she'll get us in with Max Martin at we, least. We could mold ourselves in the shape of the perfect guy. I mean, if we can do that um, by end of this podcast, I think. Yeah, I think that's, that would take something from it at least. Definitely. Um, let's dive in because on this first track, I found myself enthralled in a little game. <laughs> uh, from from the first from the kickoff, and uh, I call it cliche bingo, and I played this game throughout the album <laughs> because oh my god, Rolling Stone absolutely loved the songwriting on this album. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's, I I'm not gonna lie, I've heard every reference in it at least five times in every other pop song. I I can't believe that this has been compared songwriting wise up to someone like Joni Mitchell in the uh, yeah in the Rolling Stone review. What a disgrace to put the, to <laughs> put Taylor Swift's Red in the same category um, as any Joni Mitchell album or song. Um, um, yeah, she, yeah, she's up next, isn't she? She's uh, she's she's what like no, no no she's third. Oh she's she's third. real high. That's what right. I mean. Like she is one. Of, she's you know 
immortalized one of the best songwriters of all time and rolling stone thinks she's up there i mean one of the reasons we're doing the wild cards uh we're bringing in um an album of our choice outside the top 500 um to get rid of shit like this uh, yeah (laughs) i mean to put it kindly to give opportunity to albums that we feel deserve to be in the top 100 Mm. get displaced for this um right so track one state of grace Mm. uh what are you thinking mate one word and it's epic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is an epic tune. Uh, huge vocal line. Do you? Are you? Is this? I can't tell. Is this ironic or not? Because I I quite like this track. You like this track? Yeah. I quite like. I the think hook. I probably have, have most of the lyrics. I've most of the tracks on the album. This is up there, probably top five. Yeah. I'll give it that. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say it's my favorite. No. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't say saying? it's good. What else are you saying? I wouldn't say it's good. Um, this as I've I've got in my notes really encapsulates the pop country blend that she's going through going for. Um, Hurt my feelings. Tell me why it's bad. Uh, my God, the cliches. Obviously, um, Achilles' heel, cannonball. We fall in love till it hurts or bleeds or fades in time. I like lyrics. when I heard this, I was kind of shocked as to why Rolling Stone put it so highly on the list because these are some of the most like basic, um, like lyrics on falling in love or like you know being in love with someone like there is nothing personal about these lyrics so they generic. are recycled garbage um yeah just well, um, they're all cliches i must say i i did a little bit of deep diving yeah i think rolling stone also put together a list of the top 50 yeah 50 taylor swift songs yeah of all time and this was number three number three i think so. it was high you that for all too well on this album also was number one anyway see i i this this, i'm gonna give this one this one for me it's a guilty pleasure yeah um (laughs) like any of the songs i like on this um um i think because um uh i think it's kind of an addictiveness to the descending chorus it's a little bit epic yeah you said yeah i mean the lyrics and maybe maybe it's because it shares the same name as the 90s gangster film um, classic State of Grace starring Gary Oldman and Sean Penn. Maybe that's Is why it? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that... Do um, know you're a fan of that film, though? I, I am. It's a huge film. Yeah. Uh, that, we'll save that for our, our other podcast. I just want to ask you on that, because um, mm. I actually read that this was a song written for that film. It was written about oh, that film. Of Did course. you find any comparisons in... 20 years late. Did 30. you find any comparisons in the lyrics with that film? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I failed no. to, um, but I did find the lyric which ends the song and it also ends the chorus. Yeah. Um, love is a ruthless game unless you play it good and right. And going by this album, she has played it awfully <laughs> because we go through. Please welcome back to the late show. A fair Jay amount Gyllenhaal. of boyfriends on this. <laughs> so she clearly hasn't learned. That's right. We're <laughs> <laughs> having a bit of fun with our soundboard today. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So she does. She hasn't played it right. It's a warning. I mean, no. no. I mean, good hook again. But this album is full of them. Yeah, this this album's full of hooks. But for me, uh, this this starts a trend of. Um, I, I kind of call it when I'm, I picture her and Max Martin sat in the studio, <laughs> and Max Martin has had a lot to drink the night before, and he he needs occasional loo breaks. 
uh, and he leaves the studio and when he comes back in he finds Taylor Swift strumming a guitar with Harry Styles or Jake Gyllenhaal plus Taylor in a heart <laughs> written on the page before him with an arrow through it uh, with an arrow through it yeah um, and he just sighs like we do <laughs> because he knows it's another filler track and this is one of them this is the first of them <laughs> there's a few fillers on this bad boy because I'm following up with Red let's get, let's get into track two yeah I Red. honestly listening to this the, I the was, title of the of the album yeah it's the title track yeah and uh, it's epic it's just as epic as Stay of Grace I'll tell you why because it sounds exactly the same <laughs> this genuinely I thought I was listening to like the extended edition because it just went yep it just went straight into the next track and usually I quite like that but this just sounds exactly the same I, as the previous I hate track this song it's so bad I, I really do and I mean I don't hate a lot of songs but I do that's <laughs> <laughs> a lie um, but yeah I mean the lyrics as well the lyrics so obviously the title of the album is Red I don't know if you caught up on this yeah but throughout the album she drops colours in particularly leading, in this song yeah uh, uh, particularly this <laughs> song just stuttered there <laughs> um, I mean blue 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 red 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 come to mind uh, loving you is blue, blue, blue. It sounds a bit like cake, cake, cake um, <laughs> by Flow Rider. <laughs> it's awful. I've got, I've got cliche bingo going off the chart on I this bet. one. Oh, I'd love to play. Taylor's synesthesia coming into play here, big time. Shame the track is utterly colourless <laughs> because that it, it is. I love it. it. Is. Like she goes through in the chorus, you know, like your love makes me feel grey, but I feel yeah. red. Yeah. I'm feeling blue. Would you not hear this in a in a studio session and say, Taylor, these are these lyrics are so obvious it hurts. Yeah, this is this is exactly my problem with its ranking. Yeah. Um the it's been held up there for its songwriting, right? Yeah. Would you say this is good songwriting? Not this song, particularly not. This is awful. I I just think it's so poor. I think it's so it's poor. lazy almost. Yeah. Is, was there no one in the world of music that before that had done um, lyrics that compared colours to emotion. I'm sure there have been. Yeah, but I, see, I'm a great uh, advocate for, you know, you can take any sort of idea um, when it comes to writing a song. Um, and as long as you describe it well or explain it well yeah. or paint it out well, you can make it a good song. But this is so poor. Like the whole colours metaphor, it's so drab. Yep. The way she's done it is so boring. I came to the end of it. I was just like, I've learned absolutely nothing from that song. Yeah, and I mean, well, what I did learn was a little bit of a cryptic clue to help with our builder boy. Oh, the builder boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a famous line from this, which I mean, it's pretty. It, well, not only is it highly unrelatable, but it's highly yeah. drab. It's um, his love was like driving a brand new Maserati yeah. down a dead end street. Yeah. So. What what are we aiming to build in our boy there from that? What can you take from driving a Maserati down a dead end street? I'm um, I'm I'm saying you just got to always get be driving. Money. Get, get money. Get money. Get money. Yeah, so it's a big one. So there. what number one? We need money. Yeah, but I, th of. I think you're missing the point on this incredibly deep lyric here. Okay. Um, you know. It's like driving a really nice car. Yeah. But this, you can't feel the full extent of it because yeah. you're at a dead end street. You know, you can't yeah, I go. I got the lyric. Oh, right. I oh, love it. Sorry. It's just confusing to both of us <laughs> because it's a poorly written lyric. Like, no, I, the I whole, understand the whole, it. I, um, just think, I just think it's highly out of touch. It is. It is. But I see cars, right? Cars. Cars, cars are a, Why am I uh, a bloody great. 
for songwriting, <laughs> That's right? That's a soundbite. They, and cars are bloody <laughs> great, great for songwriting. I, I literally, I, I wrote um, a piece on this. Oh, did you? Yeah, for, for Frank Ocean. For, about his his use of cars. Did you use this lyric in it? I used exactly this lyric. No, oh, about right. his use of cars in, oh, in of Blonde. Oh, I know you did, yeah. Right. But fill me in, though. I, this, right, using cars as a as a place, as like a setting for like a love affair because it's so intimate, it's so small, um, it's so fleeting, a car journey. Yeah. Is, is such a great image. Like, it's such a beautiful setting to actually set somewhere in. This is so poorly done. Whereas, like, you know, with Frank, it's like driving a... Oh, I love Frank. It's like driving yeah, a... With the yeah, Frank. but, mate, it's like driving a Ferrari down the M5. With this, <laughs> it's like driving a Vauxhall Astra in heavy traffic. The car metaphors in this are so poor. And this one is particularly out of well, touch. I mean, the song is for all of bad us. already. And then when it hits with that, you don't know what to say, really. Oh. Uh, okay, should we go on to the next song? Yes. <laughs> I don't really want to, but I do. Three treacherous... What you got to say about this bad boy? I like the pre-chorus on this one. Do you? I like, I think it's a sweet vocal. And that's me done. I've got, using the lyric, this slope is treacherous and I, I like it. Well, Taylor, I, I don't like this because it's filler. <laughs> um, one of the many filler tracks of the album. I can barely remember. Yeah, this album doesn't start till four tracks in. True. Because the first three sound exactly the same. It's almost like she's written some sort of like three-part thriller. But it's not thrilling. It's drag it's like and it's boring. A, a lazy John Grisham novel that you'll open yeah, on the beach. Yeah. Um, but you just can't get into it because well, he's done about 100 Funny you should say that actually because Taylor Swift is my interesting fact for the day about her. Oh yeah, hit me. She's written a 400-page book and she wrote it about around the time she released oh. Red. And she hasn't released it yet. But for anyone interested, it's likely going to be in a WH Smith airport, um, <laughs> airport WH Smith near you within the next couple of years. I was thinking bargain bin uh, in Wilco. That's double drop of Wilco uh, <laughs> for last episode. Um, yeah, can we start that as well for every week we fit Wilco in into <laughs> some sort of analogy? Then uh, yeah, this podcast keeps going. Come on, Murray. Let's get on to track four, which is let's be honest. Who doesn't know this song? It's I Knew You Were Trouble. What do you feel about this song? Well, I'll give a bit of background before I get into yeah. it. It's her first number one um, ever. And 2012, it was a confusing time. Yeah. I mean, almost every number one was an EDM tune or like a rap song with a verse, a chorus and a verse. With yeah, yeah. Vocals. It was that kind of era. I'm thinking Airplane. But she took the plunge. And noticed that Skrillex was on the up. Mm. And uh, she went dubstep. And the chorus, to be honest, sounds as though... I mean, Dead Mouse has suffered like an aneurysm in his studio. And uh, sort of collapsed on the keys. Because the synths just like... <laughs> just like loud farting noise. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's so catchy, isn't it? It's honestly... Um, you can't not appreciate how good a pop song this can't. is. This is, uh, you listen to this today, I still think it would sound like a track that would be released today. Same, I, think, I agree. Like, this is good pop music. Um, and, you know, Avicii around this time was doing, um, he was doing his whole, like, Levels. Wake me up. Oh, man. was he? Yeah. He was doing his whole, like, folky uh, EDM thing. <gasps> that is perfect. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. bringing that, kind of bringing those two, those two things together, I think it's just perfectly It's a period slapper as well. I, as long as it might resonate to it, I think it also 
is a 2012 banger. You know, like, you know, it's kind yeah, of, yeah, like, because yeah. it just encapsulates the time. And I mean, even the pre chorus is so catchy. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 yeah. No, no. And then it just hits with that. But what I will say is the chorus is so high pitched and so loud that you're just doomed to hate it after the fifth listen because it's just, yeah. eh. you know, I'm stop yeah. singing, Dan, I, but. But you know, I, I just can't like a song. Come on, like, <laughs> I can't I can't sing a song like this. Um, I can't listen to a song like this more than ten times and not just want to skip it immediately because I know what the chorus is coming. I'm not I'm not looking forward to it because I know that it's so high pitched, so loud, and just so. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I obviously it's a sick tune. Yeah, I mean this this is the first track on the album where Max Martin plays his hand. So Max, and he he plays so it Max. well. It, it's so Max. I mean, you didn't know who Max Mine was two hours ago, but you already know this is so Max because it's uh, it's a hit. That is him. Yeah. He just makes hits. This is an absolute hit. I think um, this is probably one of my favourites of the album. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're really we're not playing with much here, but it's got to be it's got to be one of the favourites. Um, I got I got a little thing. Um, little thing. Yeah, I, there's this guy called Avi. Um, on Genius. Right. He's one of the comments on Genius. Um, and he'd put, um, uh, this song lacks emotion, all it becomes is a meme. Um, because the to which, meme. Yeah, yeah, to which I, it kind of reminded me of that whole thing. Yeah. And I was like, you know, that's, that's kind of true. Like, it, it was made a huge Imagine meme. if it was made today. Yeah, it's got 350 downvotes. <laughs> and I, I just... Imagine this on TikTok. I mate. felt sorry Imagine for Abby. This. Sorry, keep going. I felt sorry for Abby because, like, her fans must be like so utterly obsessed with her to like pour, tear oh, that poor guy down. Like, I feel sorry for him. Uh, I he, mean, he was speaking the truth. I think it's quite famous that Taylor's Taylor stands, the Swifties are like probably the most brutal yeah. fans of all time. They've got a reputation for just attacking anyone or anything that disagrees with her. Did you know that? Yeah. Like, Yo, Taylor. <laughs> like this man. I, I'm really happy for you. I'm let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. Truth. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> uh, they're coming for us now. Yeah, um, yeah. We're, we're going to get cancelled, mate. Yeah. Somehow. Absolutely. She's got friends in high places. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that at all. I Yeah. Absolute tune. I don't know what else to say about it, really. Everyone yeah. knows it. I was going to say, like, actually, what I was going to say was, you know how they talk about a meme? Yeah. Imagine if this was made today with TikTok about... I mean, oh, you my wouldn't God. hear the end of the song. You'd never hear at the end of well, the song. But you'd hear six seconds I think of the I'd song. Probably, yeah, exactly. You'd hear six seconds of it, and you know what it would be. Yeah. It'd be the high-pitched chorus, and it'd be some epic meme and the D'Amelio's dancing to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, right, that's another one. Two mentions in a row. Uh, <laughs> we've got Wilco and the D'Amelio's somehow. <laughs> For as long as they stay relevant, two, they'll be mentioned yeah. in this podcast. Two pop culture behemoths. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, five. This is... All Too Well, and this is number one best Taylor Swift song as voted by Rolling Stone. What are you saying? Um, I'm going cliche bingo back with a bang. Um, it's apparently one of Taylor's best songs. For me, it's an absolute surface brusher on the depth of emotion that she's going for here. I find this so, so boring to listen to. It was one of those one-listen tracks um, I tried to listen to it again and I could pull nothing else from it. I just find this kind of music um, 
which is like a well-constructed love song, but it's well-constructed in the way that it's just a safe choice. All the lyrics are safe choices. There is nothing personal about this. I do not know anything more about Taylor Swift from listening to this song. I just know more about what pop culture likes. And that is the problem with a lot of this album. My notes, mate. Yeah. Anyone could write this. Well, not anyone could write it, but I mean, it could be anyone writing this. Um, funny enough, it's Taylor who's full of these, it appears. Um, like, apparently there's a bit of law behind this. Yeah. So she was, she just broken up with... Please welcome back to The Late Show, Jake Gyllenhaal. And Whoa. she was, uh, <laughs> she wasn't feeling California soul, she was feeling depressed. And she went into the studio, <laughs> sat down, get her guitar out, and just yeah. started strumming. And apparently her background band. Yeah, Max Mine was on his loop, right? Yeah, he, was, he wasn't there. Um, funnily enough, well, well, if he was there, it would have been number one hit. It would have been. It <laughs> yeah, would have so, been. Thank God. Um, yeah, she just started singing about, I mean, everyone noticed how she depressed she was. And they started joining in, and that's how it was formed. I think this was also one of the songs that I'm she wrote. I'm getting Tiny Rick vibes from that. Totally. <laughs> Big Tiny Rick. Elliot Smith rolled in his grave with that one. <laughs> uh, from you. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so then she just started writing it. All the band joined in. And that was one of the few songs she wrote in Nashville yeah. before she went to LA Yeah, um, and got good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, this again, um, I, my first line on this is Max Martin's gone for his loo break again because this, four tracks in you get, I knew you were trouble and you're thinking, okay, this album's Old about the, to kick yeah. off and become a pop album and so actually have some decent tunes on it or some catchy tunes at least. And this just takes it right back to ground zero. I just felt this was so boring. Yeah. So forgetful. Um, should we move on? Well, I've just realized before we move on that yeah. I forgot to add to our builder boy on I Knew You Were Trouble. Oh, you've got, you've got one here. Uh, so one of the lyrics is, how can a devil look so angelish? Something like that. Yeah. So we've got to be, so we've got to have money and be a bad boy. That's what we've got so far. Right, okay. I mean, all I'm seeing is Gyllenhaal. I'm seeing Harry Styles. <laughs> I'm seeing Harry Styles. And, you know, I, there's a common trend here. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hiddleston, Harry Styles, Jake Gyllenhaal. Can we name any other boyfriends she's had? Taylor Lautner. Taylor Lautner. They're all, they're ticking all these boxes so Werewolves. far. Yeah, they are, they are. I mean, Taylor, A couple of bricks Taylor, in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Flying the fr- flag. get a friend zone for shearing on that one. <laughs> Come on, Murray. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we did have a couple of Ed Sheeran sound bites from the movie yesterday, but we couldn't fit them malfunction, on the board. Malfunction, studio malfunction. Yeah. Um, right, I got one lyric on this that I kind of liked, actually. Yeah, was this all too well? Yeah, Still. on all too well. Okay. Um, I thought, so obviously I said a lot of these lyrics are so cliche. This one, which was, because it reminds you of innocence and it smells like me, you can't get rid of me because you remember it all too well. No, hold on. That one doesn't make any sense. That was the one I was saying doesn't make any sense. Uh, the one I meant was because um, <laughs> I can't actually well find it now. I can't find it. 622. Um, uh, uh, yeah, and we move on. <laughs> no, if you find it, let me know. Oh, I'll no, just... I got it. I got okay, it. Okay, okay. I'm a crumpled up piece of paper lying here because I remember it all, all, all. What? I like, I like quite that? like that. I quite like the way that, oh, like, no, you, you know, know what? You know, committing something to paper. I quite like that as well. And it just stays there forever. I just didn't like the all, all, all. Uh... No, shocking. <laughs> I like um, shocking. But that image was kind of nice. Yeah. Um, moving on. So this is another, is this Martin? 
I think this is one hundred percent Martin. <laughs> so like, Martin. This this sounds more Martin than Taylor. <laughs> it's number six. It's twenty two. Yeah, which is obviously iconic tune. Um, not for you. <laughs> not for Dan's twenty three. As a twenty two year old, I just can't resonate with it. No, I, I mean as a twenty two year old, this tune gets me pumped. Uh, dressing up like a hipster is a forte of mine. Yeah. Um, so the lyrics really resonated <laughs> with me. Um, Do you sing about talk about your exes as well? Yeah, uh, I lot. tend not with, to. On your slumber parties. With, yeah, <laughs> yeah, big boys. time, big time. Um, <laughs> and there's one lyric that stuck with me, happy, free, confused, and lonely at the same time. And I can confirm I'm two out of the four of those things as a 22-year-old, and <laughs> it's the confirm. final two, confused and lonely. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I mean, what do, you're obviously speaking from an outside perspective. I know, here, it's yeah. difficult to sort of have any sort of validation when speaking about this song, given my age. But what I will say is, looking back, must be a couple of months now, when I was banging this on the regular. Yeah. I've got to say, I mean, it's Martin. It's Martin as best. Not that I knew who he was. Mm. And also, okay, I turned 22. I remember the day. So do you. Yeah. What was the first song that came to your head? 22. There you go. This is this is it's my iconic. Point. This is what I reckon. Uh, I've written here. Martin. Martin's probably had this up his sleeve for a couple of years because <laughs> I tell you what, absolute hit recipe. Write another. Age, age name into importance Adele 20 she does it for her albums but not with her music no no but you think like Courtney's you're not 19 forever not 19 oh, exactly. writes that into relevance writes it into importance it's, it's, it's like almost like a Christmas song it's timeless yeah yeah but 22 Max Martin knew this was the absolute one to hit Perfect home on age. because it's the you know it's the age you turn an adult properly you, f- yeah. you realise that there is no sort of borderline now where you're like sort of kid adult so Bring it up. Let's bring it come up on, mate. No, look, come on. Come on. Look, I know you're speaking from a mature perspective. I know it's difficult. Right I know now. it's difficult for like, you. For me, being 22. It's a mid-20s banger. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. But they, yeah. they've they've absolutely killed it on this one. They have. Big one, respect. Another lyric that stuck with me um, is the ad-lib on the second verse when someone in the background said, who's Taylor Swift anyway? To which I wrote, have you been living under a rock? She's only the mastermind behind tracks like Red and All Too Well. You should go back to your post-modernist Norwegian proto-pop. This isn't the place for you. Truth, truth, Swifties. (laughs) Swifties. Go Taylor. Um, Right, so, okay, 22. Ladies and gentlemen, Taylor. Swift. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, has written a banger there with her mate. Um, should we go on to seven? Don't really want to. Um, sorry, yeah. what? I, sorry, I'm just looking at the title for seven and I, I can't I remember almost how do. it goes. Neither can I, mate. I wouldn't mind skipping <laughs> this one. I'm about, if I'm totally honest, I've got no notes on this because, well, I know what the song is about. It's about almost remembering, uh, almost texting someone back, almost um, yeah, going to see them. It's because she's so tempted to go back and see the boyfriend, um, but she just can't do it. She almost does. Sort of like, a, a, I think it's about Jake, probably. They Sorry, I, Dan, I just completely zoned out there because what you were describing was so utterly boring. And <laughs> I, this is the problem with this, like, this album. It's so superficial. It's like, you scratch the surface and all you find is, is filler. <laughs> this is the thing, there's been so many incredible... I mean, love and heartbreak is possibly the most, the most popular, yeah. most written about thing in the world. 
how is this up there with the, some of the greatest albums on Love and Heartbreak? It's a joke. I can't understand it. I mean, uh, for this one, I've just got... This album is two songs long so far. I think I flipped on this one. <laughs> uh, the rest is complete ass. It all sounds the same. God, we are respected when we use ass uh, <laughs> frequently. Like, I, I get <laughs> that you can make sense. tracks in which the instrumentation is non-changing. But my God, why do all the vocal lines sound exactly the same? And why is the subject matter always the same? Just find it so underwhelming. Taylor loves ending a verse with the name of the song. Must be a record selling move. Note to <laughs> oh, self. God. That's all I've got. I was trying to take something from it. But to be honest, this is this song was probably a. I couldn't get anything. I couldn't. From it. I couldn't, I couldn't give even this get a song on the album because I can't remember how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I can barely it so remember. It's so unmemorable. I mean, I could find you could find this song on any other album. That's the thing. Would it be a good album? No. Um, no. I mean, please, if you love this song, email us at mybeautifuldarklistedfantasy at gmail dot com because I want to know why you love this. I mean, Rolling Stone probably would. Yeah, these yeah, because they, they they probably rate this. I think um I think if you have um if you have a love for this album and you want to defend it, please contact us because I I don't know whether I'm starting to think that maybe we didn't see how good this album. I mean, was. maybe if I'd been through a breakup, I'd re- what I can appreciate on the surface level is that you know when you've been through a breakup and all the songs on the radio start meaning things again. Yeah. I, Wow, that was kind of you know, kind of like lo- <laughs> like love songs start hitting. Start listening. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if I listen to this song, I'd think, yeah, I I understand what she's saying, but I mean, it could be anyone that wrote it, and it's not particularly catchy. No, I think that's that's exactly the problem with it because, you know, heartbreak. As I said, it's like one of the most written about topics. This is just brushing the surface. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Track eight. Yeah, yeah. Max Martin's walked back He's in the room. He's back, baby. Let's go. He's back. <laughs> we are never ever getting back together. Um, absolute slapper about Jake Gyllenhaal. We can confirm this one. Please welcome back to the Late Show, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, I put Come obvious. On, I put obviously <laughs> the goat, Max Martin. <laughs> um, he heard us. Fun fact: He heard her singing the hook and said, "Yes, add a wee," as if you were going down a slide. Um, yeah, and that is the hook. Whee! Exactly. Yeah, on this one, I've just got. Um, this made me realize the structure of the whole album. Yeah, I really like albums that follow a sort of structure or have some sort of narrative going in them. This one goes filler, 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 banger. Right. Yep. Filler, filler, yep. banger. Filler, 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 banger. Um, it's just it's the majority absolutely uh, unlistenable, but the rest of it is quite good. The parts that Max Martin are involved in. Yeah, like this one. I mean, well, that's what the Rolling Stones said. Um, messy sonic contradictions anchored uh, the emotionally chaotic story. I think that's just a nice way of saying there are a few good songs and there's yeah. a lot of shit. Well, I've got, I've got a question for you. I mean, do you think it's a good pop song? I think this might be the ultimate country pop song. Yeah. Like, ever. Uh, it's an ad <laughs> in the song. That's, uh, yeah, Swifty. <laughs> Swifty and present. Live and beer. Um... I just want to ask you, um, because... Because there's not many. There's, there's, <laughs> there's one thing we've got to consider on this album, whereby, for anyone who hasn't looked down the list, this is the highest ranked pop album post-2010. Yeah. Okay? What what do you consider, Dan? Um, Michael Jackson, I'll be... already beat you to it. No, I'm not. I, I, what do you consider to be a good pop song? 
good pop music? What do you it's consider relatable? Right. Good hook. I think most pop songs you want to be able to don't dance. Go out your head. Yeah, no go out your head. Maybe dance to them. I'm not yeah. dancing to this. Um when I say I mean why, what do you think? Well, I, for me, when you look at people like Michael Jackson, right? Um, and there's others as well who are on this list. I think of like Peter Gabriel, who's like quite when he left Genesis and he made so. Um, a lot of the tracks he was coming up with on that album, they were pop songs, right? They made it into the charts, but they were different. They sounded different, right? So I feel like as a good pop song, it's got to be catchy. It's got to be relatable. But at the same time, it's always got to be pushing the envelope of what people like. Because the what the majority of people like defines as popular music. Yeah, like you know, Dua Lipa's new album. Yeah, like for example, that. Is that is pushing the boat. It's good pop music. Exactly. Charlie Something XCX. Like that. Charlie XCX, who yeah. hasn't made it onto this list, has been making music with like PC music yeah. and 100 Gex for the past three or four years. Making music that is pop music that's got huge hooks, sounds but like also chart topping, but sounds completely content. different. You think like Lord. Lord's great Lord's well. made, Billie Eilish in the past couple of years has made some mm -hmm. great pop songs that sound completely different from anything else in pop music. Yep. How the hell is this the flag bearer of music post 2010 as pop music? That because is real, this, this was 2020 update. Yeah. They like could have fit Dua in. Yeah, they, they could have fit any of those artists in Charlie, and they picked yep. Taylor Swift with this drab, colorless pop music, which really doesn't so have anything to word. it. It's superficial. I mean, like if you listen to the most recent Charlie XCX album, there's a lot of lyrics on there that are really superficial. But then she also like she blends it with a lot of lyrics that are really relevant so to the relevant. times with us being in COVID. Is mental. Yeah, but on on top of that, the instrumental sounds like something you've never heard in in your life. This sounds like oh, you've heard it. You've heard it, and you've heard it so many times that it's drilled into your head. Like you, you it's not interesting it's not innovative and i just find it kind of upsetting that this is the flag bearer for pop music it's sad i mean i don't know what they're smoking over at rolling stone no. <laughs> i mean they, they they love her they want folklore in the top come one. on Marie. come on rolling stone <laughs> they want folklore to be above this i listened to a podcast folk, recently. folklore i would say and is I'd a better album above. i don't even call it pop music i mean it's folk pop but it's more like that, yeah like matt ballard sort of like sad I know I wouldn't really call it pop, so to so to speak. Yeah, yeah I, when I say the ultimate country pop song, name another country pop song. Probably nine to five, Dolly Parton. Yeah, you've got like yeah. that. Barely any others. Um, you've so, got like I suppose you've got. I don't know if you can count the Avicii bangers in there. You know it's you like can. I know Maybe that might eclipse this. Make it might even eclipse this. But this is huge, and it's it's Martin. And I mean, fair enough, it bangs. That was a sort of a tirade that I feel isn't totally deserved of this song, perhaps. Yeah. I understand no, what no, you're it's, saying. It's just not, the album it's as not, a whole. It's not. I just... The this reason isn't I bad. said this it... This isn't bad. This is quite good. The reason I said it was because this, for me, was probably the best song on the album. Right, yeah. And if I'm looking at this song, I would say this would barely make it onto a Lord, a Billie Eilish, yep. uh, even like the 1975, their second album was a pop album. Yep, you're right. You know... That's actual, uh, like, good music. Good pop... <laughs> it's good pop music. You know, it's actually music that's popular and different that's when you know it's good pop music because it's driving the driving the uh, appetites of all the listeners yeah i i like I, I agree with everything you say mate and i just i smiled at you then um because i've just we're seen what the, the next we're song the is big boy. <laughs> <laughs> i've just seen what the next song is uh it's nine stay stay stay
Oh my god. I, 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 the first word on my notes is horrid. Um, <laughs> um, I've just got, what the fuck? This is advert music. This is made for a Curry's advert. It's generous. I didn't realize there was a mark for it. Um, a market for it. This song is so bad. It's so bad. I mean, I, I've just been on a rant about how this. You could have saved it for this. This is the flag bearer yeah. of, of pop music for Rolling Stone, but I'm about to go on another rant about this. But you go ahead. Right, go I'll ahead start. Okay, so horrid ukulele, um, <laughs> spitting on Jason Mraz's grave, um, with some odd wee music in the background. Um, it's it's not even a real song. It's it's almost like made for a purpose. This song is made for adverts. They needed to get some streams, and yeah, I see I, one that. thing I pulled up from this was um, the repetition of "stay" in this track. I mean, it goes "stay, stay, stay, um, stay." St- I, I, I'm not even going to go into it. I, I think it repeated <laughs> the word about uh, around fifty to sixty times, and it did make me think that there was uh, a minimum word count that was required for the release of this album by yeah. the label, because uh, honestly, Taylor Swift is bumping up the word count on this one. She can't write any good lyrics, so she just repeats the ones she's written. Um, and there was one lyric that stuck with me, which is my worst lyric of the album. Yep. Um, which is simply, stay, stay, stay. I've been loving you for some time, time, time. You think it's funny when I'm mad, mad, mad. Not only do these lyrics oh absolutely, God. completely unrelated to each drink. other, yep. but they particularly resonated with, with me because I listened to this album after reading the Rolling Stones review where they compared this to Joni Mitchell. What? And they, and Did this, they? a lyric like this. She's, she's third been, on the, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, it's number three on the yeah. greatest songwriters of all time, the greatest albums of all time. And she is probably one of the greatest, she probably great. the greatest female songwriter of all time. A sorry, lyric sorry, like this Carly being, on that. Apologize. Well, she should be on this. She's another one who's pushing the envelope compared to... Yeah, I, know, fucking, I actually agree um, with that. Stay, stay, stay by Taylor Swift. I'll keep going. She, I, I can't believe that this has been put up to Joni Mitchell's name. This is, oh, it's really And insulting. Reddit loves this, by the way. It's a couple of Redditors. No, they don't. love this tune. They can't. I don't get it. I mean, I went on the gene... I, 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 um, I typed in, out of curiosity, Taylor's worst song of all time. Mm. onto Google. This came up straight away. There was no other doubt. There was no other no. arguments. This and Bad Blood. I uh, like Bad Blood. They compared all hate to Bad this. Blood. I mean, yeah, compared to this, anything's good. It's got Kendrick on it. <laughs> it's a redeeming I mean, she's True. got a feature. I mean True. any Features any Taylor help. Swift song with a feature kind of redeems it. Yeah. I mean, I noticed some serious speaking of Lord, I did yeah. also notice that Lord plagiarized this song. Did she? Yeah. For what track? Um, on melodrama, yeah, the song melodrama for yeah. the album is in the car, the radio off. In this, no, it's that's like, uh, that's supercut. It's supercut, supercut. It's yeah. in supercut yeah, melodrama. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. In this song, it goes, take me, rise me. Well, to be honest, if Lord has plagiarized this, she watches too much TV because no doubt this has been on about thirty to forty adverts. <laughs> DFS home sale, summer sale, yeah, winter yeah, sale, yeah, autumn yeah, sale. yeah, yeah. Autumn this it is... defines autumn. Um, in yeah, the DFS yeah. autumn sale. This is the 40% off anthem. And uh, <laughs> it feels like there was 40% taken off the songwriting of this song. The the process you know that went into this song, it right. certainly wasn't 100%. Should we, should we get into the next three album, three songs? I mean, should we get into the rest of the filler? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, could I just make a quick note on this one? I feel like this, we started off this podcast... Um, 
kind of thinking this would be a joke and it's just turned sad. <laughs> <laughs> like we were like, oh, you know, we'll have a laugh and a joke about this one. But my God, this is such a I'm having poor a album. Sad I'm having a time. bloody existential crisis going through this album. <laughs> Maybe that's what she wants. And that's when Gary Lightbody comes in. Yes, Gary. Gary to save it. So I had no idea who this was. Did a bit of background. This is a feature, yeah. by the way, on the next song, the last time, which is sort of redeeming. Well, he redeems the song because he's got talent and he's written some of the best, best hooks. Some of my mm. favorite hooks of all time come from Snow Patrol. Yeah. Um, and he, he is a good hook on this tune and you can hear his emotion um, on the track. But I mean, Taylor adds nothing. See, this is, <laughs> this is the first track. I, I was trying to realize because I, I remember noting down a previous chat, track what was missing from this album. And I thought that all the vocal lines sound the same. Right. Taylor. When I was listening to Gary, he is probably the first time in the album in which... This is Gary you know, Lightbody, yeah, by the Gary way. Yeah, Gary Lightbody, who's the lead singer of Snow Patrol. It's probably the first time in the album where I was listening to lyrics that were communicated in a way, like the way he sung them actually was representative of how he was feeling. Yeah. Because the rest is just like, sing them how they're written. Not sing that sung sing them how they felt. You know what I mean? I like that. And I totally no, I think anyone that's listened to this album and hears what you've just said there will yeah, understand. Yeah, what you it's mean. like the pain in his voice brings a sort of relevance to the drab lyrics that they use in this. Yeah. Like it's they another actually level. Make, it's another level. It's they you are, can't go beyond is, yeah. in Taylor. Yeah, and you he definitely is the shining light on this record in general. Not only the song in the record. Yeah. For me. Um, I don't have too much to say on it other than that. I mean, I liked Gary on it and I think it was a decent hook. I mean, a lot of them have decent hooks, but that doesn't mean they're not filler because of the weight of the lyrics, because of the yeah. weight or like the superficiality of them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's get on to Eleven Holy Ground because we've got a few more to go. Oh, mate. now this one. Yep. I mean, I, obviously, we, we discussed the band last week and there was, you know, plenty of religious metaphor in that one. And and this episode, I feel like we need to approach the religious metaphor in this one. What's your, full, what's your thoughts on this? I listen to this song on the way here yeah. in the car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trying, to, trying to, you know, bleed out whatever. Yeah, I mean, I've got no notes on it, but I'll just go off the top of my head what I thought. Yeah. I mean, it's all about their love is where they stood when they fell in love was holy ground. Yeah. That's insulting. I mean, I bet you that smashed the box office hits in the South of America. Because, I mean, it's such a religious state. Yeah. So, like, oh, yeah, it's holy ground. I feel like she's just bleeding, like leaning in towards that. Any sort of Christian or religious um, religious connotation she can get in, she fits it in on one track. Yeah. And it's a bad track. And, um, yeah. I feel I feel like she needed to stick a religious song in here. Exactly, and she did it. And uh, she did it, and she did it so poorly. Because this song, the, the, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Please explain to me the metaphor. On, I'll try. Uh, on why it's holy ground, this relationship. Because I think she's saying that love is uh, a religious experience. Well, to be honest, <laughs> uh, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Like, love, love can be a religious experience, I suppose. But what the hell... What the hell is the songwriting on this album that's saying, you know, this this has been a religious experience? It's certainly not a religious experience for me. I mean, it's it's close to hell. It's know? close to hell, yeah. I mean, it's been a religious experience because I, I feel like I'm close to the devil um, after listening to this track. But, yeah, no, it, for me, it was so unmemorable. Um, I got a quote from, 
quote here from Taylor about this song. Please indulge. It goes, the song Holy Ground was a Holy Ground was a song that I wrote about the feeling I got after years had gone by, and I finally appreciated a past relationship for what it was, rather than being bitter about what it didn't end up being. Oh, uh, I've got it. It's yeah. uh, it's about Taylor. She thought he was a werewolf. Disappointment. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Taylor and Lautner. <laughs> she went into that relationship obviously thinking that he was going to be this bad boy, thinking this Taylor Lautner bloke. Got a star potential. He's gonna be um, Leonardo level. Yeah, yeah. Season think... one, BBC Three with Greg from um, <laughs> In Between Us and uh, <laughs> and dumps his ass. Cheers, Phil. <laughs> Cheers, Phil. Um, cuckoo. He's gone cuckoo. Yeah, he's on uh, cuckoo. That's what. Uh, that's yeah. What? What, um, <laughs> what's what's we saying on Builder Boy right now? Uh, how, well, how from far... early ground. Yeah. Thinking a bit of religiosity potential right, as well. Okay. I think that she was looking for in Taylor. Um, that she didn't uh, find eventually. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Build the Boy so far, what have we got? We've got Rich, Bad Boy. Yeah. Uh, not too much, because the other ones weren't really about boys. At the end, there's a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, it comes all in at the end. <laughs> it does. For this one, I'm getting slightly religious, um, <laughs> or at least um, doesn't really know what religion is, because or is blasphemous. Uh, like potentially this blasphemous. Um, I, I just want, I've got, I feel like we should skip over the next track. Oh, mate, I'd rather skip it than do it. Yeah. Sad, uh, beautiful, sad tragic. beautiful, tragic. Just get rid of the one in the middle because that sums up how poor this song is. Sad, <laughs> sad and, tragic. and tragic. It's so bad. Um, and following that, um, we have the lucky one. Okay. Everything has changed. No, I'm on the lucky one first. Have you missed that? Called out. You know what? I just want to say, you might not right, have Dan, to say on this. Can we have a damn monologue on this one? I'm going to give you a damn monologue, monologue because I genuinely, one. this is one that I quite liked. Oh, I can't believe I missed this. I know. Okay. So the lyrics on this one, I feel yeah. are quite, they're not unique, but they offer a perspective that perhaps not many people can give. Whereas the rest of the album is about love and oh, he left me. He was late to my birthday party. Um, yeah. This one, it's called the lucky one. And it, the lyrics are about a girl. Uh, maybe it's not a deluxe version. Maybe that's where you didn't cover it. Yeah. Who knows? Um, Anyway, it's about a girl who's becoming famous in Hollywood and she's making it to all these parties and she's getting all this money and that's why she's the lucky one. Yeah. Um, but it's sort of, um, obviously it's a cursed chalice, poison chalice, because she's having to do things that she doesn't want to do. She's got no time to breathe. Um, she's being used as like a sex symbol, but she's, but like all these other people are trying to be that girl. So yeah. everyone's like, she's the lucky one. Um, right. But she's not because she's having to do all these things that she doesn't want to do. Weinstein, things like this. Um, I th Yeah, I think... Um, I quite like the, one, the one lyrics the, on that one. One, things I, one of the things I read on um, uh, on Wikipedia about this yeah. album was uh, was about how it was like not being not liking being in the limelight. Mm -hmm. I didn't get that from the album. So maybe is, this is the track from all that. I think this is it. I think this is it. Uh, pardon my burp. Um, <laughs> and what made me think of Britney Spears, because Martin yeah, has obviously c collaborated, wrote her hits. Yeah. I think you can see, that, I mean, so Britney, by the time she was 30, Britney, she'd fallen off a cliff, shaved her head, done yeah. all these things. But Taylor's 30 this year, she was, mm. she's still like this legendary figure. Yeah. So many girls, so many people. Um, she survived it all. Um, yeah, no, I. 
Anyway, I quite liked yeah. it. And clearly you've got no notes on it. So we'll skip I, on. I have no notes on it at all. I, I mean, I think I was so... I was looking forward to the next song that much that yeah. um, I kind <laughs> of skipped surprised. over this one. <laughs> Let's go into it. 14. Um, everything has yet. changed. You, John. That's right. That's right. Uh, because uh, this is the best songwriter since John Lennon. Uh, <laughs> who lends his hand to save the day on this record. Um, <laughs> if you're not, know, you're not clear who we're talking about, it's, it's Ed Sheeran. It's Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you have any particularly strong opinions on Ed Sheeran, uh, please email them in. In a way, to, I feel like... Yeah, sorry, keep going. Please email them to be, mybeautifuldarklistoffantasy at gmail.com. This is the closest Ed Sheeran will get to the top 100. <laughs> and and to be honest, I, I'm not going to lie, considering how many records he sold, and I would... It almost reflects Taylor. It, yeah, it, it kind of does in a way. He's like almost like a male version. Where his lyrics, yeah. I never find them scratching the surface. I only see them as superficial. Yeah, but I, but they all a lot of slappers. Yeah, but I would say that there were pop albums that Ed Sheeran has made mm -hmm. that have more tunes on them that legitimise them as a pop album that should make it onto this. the top one hundred than this should. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I personally like Ed Sheeran. Yeah, I mean, I got he started making hits. We're not gonna make, let's not make this about Sheeran. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, we're, we're not going to, but, you know, Ed Sheeran made, him a, made it about him in this track because this has got Sheeran written all over it. Like, so Sheeran. It's like, it's got, you know, the beginning was like, we're good to go. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're good to go. It's like Classic. the, uh, trying to keep it down like, to earth. You know, the down we're to just earth, vibing in like the studio. Ginger bloke. We, oh, yeah. we haven't got the ginger geezer sample. Um, <laughs> Just like him playing along and Taylor joining in. Has changed. It, it's so Ed Sheeran. It's um, so Sheeran. I mean, I, I, I think it's a good song. I don't think it's yeah. a bad song. Um, I think this is a great song. Great song. I think it's good. I don't think it's great. I mean, the hook is amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's so catchy. I like the way it to and froze between the man and the woman. Um, yeah. Tells a story that is, I would say the music video is great. Um, if you haven't seen it, yeah, it's a uh, great music video. Um, I mean, I I don't know what else to say about it other than it's good. Um, I've got another lyric for the Builder Boy. Um, I've got another yeah. Builder Boy tune. Um, Ginger Fringe. Open up the door. Um, for me, you've done it again. So yeah. I mean, clearly, absolutely shining night. He's opened the door for her. I mean, who does that? Like. That's going on the list. So you've got to do... That's the levels. That's the standard. Yeah. So we've I mean, got a rich um, bad boy that opens doors for people. Well, I mean, those two, those last two points are kind of contradictory. I mean, any bad boy is, is going to leave that door shut and they're There's, not going to let the girl walk through. Uh, nothing's black and white, mate. No, maybe not. And maybe white. not. I'll tell you who's ticking all the boxes so far for me and it's Ed Sheeran. Um, Friend zone. I think... Um, I, I, I For this one, I've got the modern John Lennon lends his hand to save the day. Um, I think this is the greatest chorus on the album that isn't written by Max, by Max. Mine. Yep, and I'll, I'll back you up on that. I reckon this song didn't have any Max Mine influence on it and is probably the best of the rest. Yep. Yes, yes. And it's just a shame <laughs> that this this song also features Ed Sheeran. It wasn't you know written by Taylor Swift. Another one of the best fillers on the album. What? It wasn't written by Max. It's the one with Gary Lightbody. Yeah, So it's the exactly. Features. I mean... I mean, I, I don't know if you've listened to Folklore. The only tracks I've listened few, to from bon Folklore tune. is the Bon Iver yeah, track, which is cited as probably one of the best tracks off the yeah, album. I cut you off. 
I'm not going to give an opinion on folklore because I never listened to it. Yeah. So I don't want to go in on an album that might be great. Yeah. Because I'll give it a chance. Yeah, I mean, this song, for me, um, I think if, if if all the tracks were like this, it would be 99. Um, <laughs> yeah. But they're not. They're not. <laughs> and no higher. Um, um, I, I just want to acknowledge that we're an hour deep and trying to trudge through this album. No, it's a special episode, this one. It. Don't worry about it. This could be an hour and a half. I don't care. Um, but we're going to we move, we'll move on to Starlight, which... <laughs> Bro. Do you want do you want to give the postmortem on this one? I mean, I I I really don't like this song, uh, and I, it's because of the weak hook. It's also because of the lyrical. Um, yeah, the lyrics are about Ethel and Bobby Kennedy, and she looked at a photo of Ethel and Bobby Kennedy. Come on, Marie. And uh, <laughs> she was inspired to write yeah. a song about it. I mean, that is such drivel. Imagine picking up a photo of I don't know Maggie Thatcher. Uh, yeah. And I get the Kennedys, they were quite... I mean, she wasn't even alive when they were alive. She probably looked at it and thought, wow, I had a good history lesson about your brother. Yeah. Um, but I mean, um, that says that she says the color blue in it, which relates back to red. Amazing. Wow, you're so deep, wow. Taylor. Uh, <laughs> wow. I've got the blues. Are you John? Wow. <laughs> That's right. Lennon style. Um and for the Builder Boy, it's all about it's all about Ethel and Bobby's relationship, yeah, and how they went to they were dressed to the nines when they went to these events. It's like just this sort of love story that she expi- um uh, she wants to be in. And yeah. on the Builder Boy, I've got a lyric: "We'll have ten kids and we'll teach them how to dream." So we need ten <laughs> kids now, right? So we're a Catholic. Yeah, religious um, as well, obviously, with Holy Yeah, Dan. yeah. That, that's perfect, actually. That, that kind of fits you're in. You're Catholic, so yes. You're Catholic, you're a bad boy. You're Catholic and you don't go to church on Sundays. Yes. And on top of that... Because you're in the back one? of the Honda you're Civic. You're rich. Uh, you know. Yeah, you're... <laughs> <laughs> um, what have you got to say about Starlight? Um, what I, I think... Um, I don't know if you came across this. Um, the song by 303... Of Which this is clearly a ripoff of. Yes, I did. This song is clearly a ripoff of. Um, what's the track? Three O H three. Three O H three. Not Star Trek. It's. Yeah, that one. Brother, friends, teeth. Tongues. Listen to Starlight. Then listen to. I think it's Don't Trust Me. Yeah, it's Don't Trust Me by Three O Three. Yeah, Honestly, I was trying to work out why. It's the whole song, though. It's the. Yeah, literally. Why have all people mind. have uh, as Taylor ripped off these guys? I mean, pop stars have taken three a lot years from before them. them before this song came out. Yeah, and it's too big a song for them not to have heard it. They charted. Yeah, hundred. They were huge. Whether it's in the back came. of her mind, but I mean, these two guys were from Boulder. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's the only thing that a pop star has stolen off them because I know Halsey's got a couple of mattresses <laughs> oh, no. that they're looking out for. Uh, Come on, Marie. Uh, <laughs> uh, the roommate's mattress uh, stole back in Boulder. I mean, I, they've got a case on their hands with this one. They do. I'd hit up the, I'd happily sell this microphone that I'm using now to fund a, a, uh, a lawsuit with the with the yeah. boys from Boulder. I mean, if you are three hundred three, if you want to, if you want to email in, we're happy to fund a lawsuit for this because this is so. Blatant. This is blatant. This is blatant theft. There's some great... Um, yeah. And also, on top of this, I think this song was made for the clubs. It didn't get into them, for sure. Did it, was it? 
It's got like that kind of club lead to it. Like like the 303 song. Like the 303 song, you know what I mean? Yeah, they got into clubs. I think if this was big, then they would have sued. But it was that insignificant of a song on the album. They just have no reason to sue it. Makes sense. Um, 16. Begin the again. Final track, and this this was the name of this song was how what I said to myself after I listened to this the first time and realized I need a couple more listens to squeeze again. any information out of this. Begin again. Will I scratch the surface on the second listen? Uh, it's a spoiler to past Alex. No, you won't. Um, you could have saved a lot of time by just listening to it once because you get everything you need from the first listen. Unfortunately, yeah. um, right. I kind of so, disagree with that one. Oh, really? I think that out of all the filler on this tune... Oh, no, are you talking about this song? I wasn't talking about this song. song. Oh, right. I was talking about the album. You don't oh, the mean. album in general. Yeah, oh, anyway. No, you know, but tell me what you were going to say anyway. I was going to say, out of all the filler on this album, this is probably the closest thing to a real song. I think um, I think there's a few lyrics on here uh, which are kind of okay. A lot of them are trash. A lot of them are some of the worst in the album. Oh, trust me, I know. You know, you know. You, have you got right? You get. You hit me with your lyrics, and then I'll. I'll right, say. Well, all mine are about Builder Boy. Um, yeah, is this the final? The you, final touches. This to is your the Builder final Boy? touch. You pulled my chair out and helped me in. You don't know how nice this is. So, I, if a boy pulls a chair out for a girl, that's all we need is boys. It's standards are low. Um, yeah. You got here early. I didn't expect you to. If you're punctual. Um, right. Oh God. <laughs> I need to slow uh, this down. I need to you never, down. I, you say you never met a girl who has as many James Taylor records as you, but I do. So uh, that immediately has got me convinced that Joseph Gordon Levitt uh, <laughs> is her next boyfriend because um, he listens to the Smiths. Uh, yeah, yeah, James yeah. James Taylor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> probably. So James Taylor records, punctual, um, pulling out chairs, bad boy with money. Um, Who's religious? I'm not going to lie. These are, all, these are all roles that Joseph Gordon-Levitt has played. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. Robin from Batman. Yeah, you're bad boy. <laughs> We're going with that Money, one. Money, probably. What was the one from where he's like a porn addict? Oh, Don John. Yeah, Don John, bad boy. Yep. Um, um, when's he got money? James Taylor Records, uh, obviously in 500 Days. 500 Days, 500 Days. If he <laughs> if he doesn't have a James Taylor Record, he's not a character. He's definitely really, pulled a chair out in his life. Yeah, Because, I mean, what boy 100%. hasn't? What boy hasn't? I... I don't know. I think if you can walk, you can pull a chair out. Calvin kind Harris base... did. He's uh, another one. <laughs> another for the, um, for the sound bites. Yeah, we would have got him on, but we're just going to get copyrighted if we put Summer uh, <laughs> by Calvin Harris as one of the sound bites. Um, right. What have you got to say about it? Um, I liked it. On a Wednesday in a cafe. I hate that as well. I feel, I, to be honest, I think this, I was trying to take something away from this album and. When I was listening to this, I've just written, she listens to the mutterings of a guy. She realizes it's not worth hampering on about a former relationship. So maybe we do, don't leave. Maybe we do leave with something, an underlying sentiment that life just goes on. And ultimately, the little things help you forget the pain that you once felt. That's nice. And I'm hoping there are a number of little things in the next couple of days that help me forget this album. Because there was really nothing to take away from this. I, I know I wrote that. I was really clutching at straws. It must have been, I feel, because I don't think it's that good. But it's I mean, not. It's, opinion. it's not. It's not. Should um, we, are you ready to move on to final thoughts? Or I feel like we should move on to I think we should lay this to bed. Uh, worst lyrics. Have you got any? 
yeah, purely for the Joni Mitchell comparison. Stay, stay, stay. I've been loving you for some time, time, time. You think it's funny when I'm mad, but I'm mad. Not only does it not make sense, it also doesn't rhyme when it's meant to. It's just awful. It's just awful. Um, what about you? I got, because there we are again in the middle of the night. We dance around the kitchen in the refrigerator light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, turn the lights um, on. Your, your food's going to get Wasting ruined if you're leaving there, that door yeah. open. Um, privileged, you're cancelled. Favourite lyrics? I actually didn't have any. You didn't have any? No. I, I went for his love was driving a Maserati down a dead end you street. You went for that one that I hated. And okay. to be honest, that one, I only did that because I thought it was quite interesting, like, you know, not being able to drive. Yeah, I'm sure there were a few off Lucky One, actually. Maybe. A few off um, the lucky one that I just did, failed to get down. Yeah. Anyway, final thoughts. It's pretty obvious what I think. Um, it's a superficial album, which is the, the, the highest pop album on the list um, from the 2010s or from beyond the 90s, really, isn't it? Before the yeah. 2000s. I mean, it's mental um, how an album so full of filler and so dominated by... Um, Max Martin hits can be this high. I mean, if you're a music critic or editor, you must know that Martin is behind the hits on this. Yeah. So you must sort of take that away from the album. I know it's difficult, but I mean, they love her anyway. I suppose she's an icon. She is an amazing, she's, an, she's a great artist, in my opinion. I got a lot of respect for her because she's, she's still going strong. She's got so many bangers that you can't avoid. Mm. But this album, I feel, isn't very good. No, it's... Uh... She's paying someone to get this on the top 100 because this is, we've it's, been over it. She's got it. better albums. We've been I over think. it. She's got better albums. So, uh, uh, 1989. The, the one of this. Nice is so good. It's uh, so much better. Yeah. Get the hits easy. hit harder. Uh, yeah. The filler's less filler. as well. It's truly pop. Yeah. Um, how yeah. that has made, that hasn't made it onto the list. Not and this sure. has what How this has made it onto the list um, ahead of any of the post 2010 Pop album oh, is an absolute joke. It's number two for me behind the hey, band, and yeah, you know, I set the band. I set me. the band at number six. I, I just, I'd probably give it a six yeah, out of ten. Should we give? Should we give a rating on this? I think we should. This is getting a not good out of ten. In the words of Anthony <laughs> Fantano, no, I give it a one, maybe a two. I give it a two. I give it a two um, because of it's poor substance, and I mean, maybe we I, got some fun what? out of it. We got some fun out of it. Great episode. Um, thanks mate for joining me yeah no worries going two on my list as well so so yeah. far the list for both of us we're seeing eye to eye here yeah is the band and then read by Taylor Swift so should we wrap it up yeah thank you for listening and uh, next who we got next week I think we've got Lucin Lucinda Williams Lucinda Williams yeah yeah, yeah. The, that's gonna be something <laughs> I mean it's gonna be a different uh, different tone from this episode it's gonna be a lot more sad and a lot more southern uh, it is but yeah thank you very much yeah um, so Thanks for joining us. Um, we'll speak soon. Yeah, I hope so. See ya. See you next week. Yo, Taylor. Yo, yo. Come on, Murray. Are you John? That's right. <laughs> Oh my god, I need to piss so badly. <laughs>